All right, do we want to start? Yeah, you're you're bringing it in. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to suck myself up a little mentally. That's Namor's piss right there, and it tastes good. Okay, so a little bit of a starting stuff there, too, right before the... <laughs> okay, got it. Got it. And now, our feature presentation. And welcome back to Road Trip Cinema. And I want to start today off a little differently than we normally do. I got feedback from one of our listeners... They had a really good idea of starting the podcast with our thoughts going into a film. So I thought we'd sit here and kind of, in a very brief, like, couple minutes, talk about what we expect, what we want from Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the movie we're tackling today. And you may be saying, you guys do this with your pre-shows, but we're changing that up, too, and you're really going to see Holy shit. Well, yeah, it's opening day. I guess, but God, that's a lot of cars. <laughs> but uh, oh, also, I'm Saeed, and I'm Captain John Rhodes. Oh, okay, we're still doing the captain. I'm uh, I'm Black yeah. Saeed. Ooh, ooh, too far, <laughs> too far. Oh, I guess that joke will come out until next week. Yeah, huh? exactly. Fuck. I, and uh, that's the point: is the pre-show is now going to be the post-show because we want to stay relevant. So. You guys are going to be getting the franchise shows secondary now, as you kind of noticed with Halloween. So, yeah, we're, we listen. We do the feedback. So, yeah, let's actually uh, talk a little bit about what we expect. Sorry, I didn't mean to take the wheel, because no, you had the it. wheel. Yeah, and then I forgot to do, you know, our names. <laughs> but we're about to see Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We're in the parking lot. We're looking at the crowds of people coming in. There's so many cars here right Yeah, here. crazy. I'm honestly a little scared to go in and, like, have somebody spoil some shit as we're walking in, as they're walking out, because there's so many cars here. Just and punch them in the face. <laughs> I will. I'm so, I'm so hyped for this. I can't <laughs> let them ruin it. But to lead it off, what I expect from this movie is I almost expect more political drama. Because the synopsis of this movie is... There's a vacuum of power in the king T'Challa's death that now Wakanda has enemies moving in. And that's namely the new and first mutant, uh, Namor, the Submariner. Yeah. So. I mean, that's, that's more than I even knew because thanks for the spoiler, by the way. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I've actually avoided everything, but. Namor um, is literally in the comics no, I, Marvel's first mutant. I, I, no, all that I knew. I'm saying the synopsis. I didn't oh, know that. okay. Sorry. Well, no, no big deal. That's, um, that's the trailer. So, <laughs> <laughs> what I actually expect is a lot of dealing with the transition of power and the grief of the nation of Wakanda. The effect is had on those characters, but then we're getting a conflict of Namor. So. There's a lot of questions going in, and I really do not know what to expect, and that's so fucking exciting. It's extremely exciting, because I, I have this issue with Marvel movies where I tend to pour over trailers and find details, and I almost intentionally try to spoil it for myself without <laughs> hearing actual spoilers. Like, I come up with theories and shit. I have just come into this one so blank, because I'm excited for what they're going to do. I genuinely have no idea what, what they will do, what they can do. And that, that doesn't lend itself to a what do we expect and what are we looking for because I genuinely don't know. And no, that's exciting. Yeah, but that's the thing is we're just talking about what we're going into the movie with 
our experience or expectations going into the film. And right now, we're excited, and we really don't know what to expect. There's a lot of questions. There's so many questions about characters, what they're going to be, their evolution, mm -hmm. what is going on with the nation, the world. I mean, are well, they going to talk about the Eternals, or are we just forgetting about that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> She-Hulk mentioned the giant man coming out of the ocean, so it's still there. But Is that why Namor is pissed off? I'd be pissed off if suddenly there's a giant man in my living room. Yeah. <laughs> like, get my guy. Fucking what? Like, and, and that's off. a giant, giant man. So what if his dick is just in the living room? Like, that's... Right, right. Like, if I look you're out just, my window, there's just a big wiener there, I'm going to have a lot of issues. You're just chilling with your family, and all of a sudden, this giant dick just comes out of the ground and exactly. hanging out? Like, oh, oh well, look at that. It's coming out of the ground, so you know it's got to cause tidal waves. So, like, <laughs> there's some issues. Suddenly, there's a giant current going through my fucking kitchen and <laughs> knocking out my, my stove. <laughs> but, I, yeah, I guess this is a bad movie to kind of go into that feeling with if we're going to start doing this idea of coming into it because I, we just know nothing. It's, it's hard to say there's expectations when we don't know what to expect. And but, that's that's a good thing. Exactly. I love that. When I'm looking forward to a film, I, I will always watch the first trailer. Not necessarily even the teaser because that doesn't give you shit. No, that's but more that of a like, hey, trailer, here's some scenes. Yeah, that first trailer will let me know should my excitement be there? Should it be ramped up? And then a lot of times I'll avoid further trailers and stuff like that just to go in kind of blank because I am so fucking excited. And I love just that joy of going in and having it all wash over me and not knowing what's coming. So overall, I'd say we're excited. Are we excited? I guess I, we are. I, yeah. just, I guess I don't, I don't know what else to add to this. No, but it's going to be very interesting because of all the characters introduced, and hopefully we like it. I've had a rough day at work, and I've only thought about how good this is going to be. That's the level of excitement. It's like nothing can ruin my mood. Well, then let's uh, let's see if it pays off. So real quick, I want to thank John Baldwin for the, the suggestion. We do listen to you guys' feedback, comments, whatever you want to throw at us. We listen, we read, we pay attention. So any more comments, suggestions, ideas, like, report, subscribe, any of it, just hit it all. Let your cat run on your keyboard. It doesn't matter. Hit us up. We are going to go into the movie now, and we'll be right back. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome back to Road Trip Cinema. We just finished Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. My only issue is that first half of the movie is a really slow burn. How so? Elaborate. It's... The only action there is, is there's two sequences that are in the first half. And they're like, okay, it's not like a lot going on. It's impressive. The first one is very impressive. Uh, almost. It's got really creepy elements to it. Yes. Uh, enough that I was like, oh, fuck, like, what, what's going on? Like, I'm, I'm a little on edge watching it. Are like, we in a horror movie now? Like, it was scarier than anything that was in Doctor Strange Multiverse Madness. Not that that was that scary, but... I don't think it was intended to be, to be honest. Uh, I don't know, there were people that were like, oh, my God, it's a wild ride. It's like, eh, she does a little body dysmorphia. It's like, well, whatever. I think those people have never seen an actual horror film. Yeah. <laughs> But the second sequence, um, the car chase is what I'll yeah. say. Yeah, okay. That's yeah, vague yeah. enough that it doesn't matter. It was also like a 
okay, like, like nothing impressive about it, and I, it's, I felt like it was more there to hold you over, because uh, there's a lot to get through to start this movie, because you have to reset up now. Uh, the it's reason... because Chadwick Boseman's passed. Wait, what? Yeah, I know, right? Is that a spoiler? Holy shit! Is that a spoiler for 2020? Or, oh my god. That was, I, that was really When did idea. that happen? How? Yeah. Alright, so no, in all reality, um... I don't know how to elaborate on that, really, without spoiling too much. No, you're fine. Um, I get what you're saying, but I didn't really feel like it took its time getting there. And the reason when we were checking the time as the uh, credits started, I was just like, it's really that late? Because I didn't feel the time. I I felt like it went by quick. I'll agree. It's not so much that it was slow and dragging. It was more of there's a part of me that kept worrying like, I hope this isn't the entire movie. Because if this is the entire movie then I'm in for what will be more of a boring movie. And I know it can't be just that. So in my, in my brain, I keep thinking of it and there's like two distinct parts of the movie. The first half and the back half. And I it almost feels weird because it feels like there should be three acts, but it doesn't feel like there's three acts to this movie. Oh, there's definitely three acts. I, I can see it, <laughs> but I feel like in the middle of the second act is where the shift of it is for me. Like, we're... Okay, now we're moving, and it doesn't stop. The movie is... Like I said, I love the movie. It's phenomenal. But it doesn't... It, it takes its time getting there. It needs to, and I appreciate everything they do. I've got no complaint about it taking its time. It's just... I'm aware that it's taking its time. Like I said, I didn't really notice it. Um, I think part of it for me is once we're introduced to our antagonists, uh, which everyone knows, Namor. So Namor and his group, the Blue People, which are in the trailer. So if you're listening to this, I assume you've at least seen a trailer. Um, We're introduced to them, and they were so captivating that that held me over. Like... Their people were so cool, so innovative and interesting and captivating that they really had me invested. We don't spend a lot of time, but we spend enough time that I want more. I I was really appreciative of the fact that this wasn't like some Marvel cameo fest. Like, it feels like lately that's more of what it's been. Like, Thor Love and Thunder, a lot of scenes were more ripped straight out of comic books, and it's like, oh, that's that guy, oh, that's that guy, oh, that, that, that one's that guy. And it's just kind of like, okay, I get it. That's, yeah. And Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, that was my chief complaint of that movie, is like, there's probably a half hour straight that's just nonstop cameo fest. And it's just kind of like, I get it. You have a lot of money, and you have a lot of characters. This movie, I felt like, is more, this is our story and we're sticking to it. This is, we, we're not relying on a bunch of extra stuff. I, I don't, I shouldn't say I've read a lot of Black Panther comics. I've read maybe two. But <laughs> You've read uh, a Black Panther comic. Uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, I know a story, essentially. I don't know how close this is to any of the source material. But this felt a lot more organic and original than, say, Love and Thunder or, or Ragnarok. It made me realize that I don't want direct adaptations. If you are focusing on this universe, 
I want you to use the characters that exist and tell a story of the universe. Well, does that make sense? I don't want adaptations anymore. I want these characters brought to life in this universe. This universe is its own adaptation at this point. I disagree to a point. Nobody wants direct adaptations because well, that's Zack Snyder. That holy shit. That's uninteresting. Um, of course, there's so much material. There is so much story lines and everything out there to draw from. Yes, take what you've already created and established and draw upon those to tell a great and interesting story, and that's what we all want. I mean, Civil War was not a direct adaptation, oh, but it not is even close. fantastic. It's amazing, and, I, and that's more what I'm saying. It's like, you're using these, these storylines in the briefest ways, and you're applying it to... I feel like the MCU is the adaptation, but... The storylines are more original to fit the adaptation we're already telling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, make it make sense in this world, in this universe. Staying focused on Black Panther, I have no idea either, but it is an incredible story. I thought they nailed it. I see what you're saying. To me, it was slow because it was somber. Because we were processing the death of Chadwick of T'Challa. I mean, that's a big part of the opening. So, of course it's slow. Of course it's somber. And they, it it did exactly what it needed to there. I'll agree with that. It's essentially mourning and grief. Yes. And it's not just like, we're sad Chadwick Boseman's gone. It's the characters mourning and grief for T'Challa, their king, their son, their brother, their lover, all of it, or their friend. It's... It, it makes it, they do an amazing job of making him feel real, like as if T'Challa and Chadwick Boseman were one and the same almost. Where, in, in the feeling they have for T'Challa is the feeling we, the audience, have had with Chadwick Boseman, like where we miss it. They it. they kind of blur the lines and just allow everyone to grieve there, and I I think that's smart, and it was probably the best choice they could have done. And then we actually, as I alluded to, get introduced to our antagonists, and it's incredible. Um, and the story kicks off from there, and uh, Saeed's least favorite character returns. I, I That's not a spoiler, him. is it? Everett Ross? No, yeah. he had a whole character poster. But I still enjoyed him. He is great in this movie. Wow, okay. I thought he definitely was like, oh, I'm still here. Like, my character exists now. Got it. I thought it was pretty much the same. Just a little more screen time. What did you think of the conclusion? Uh, I was unsure at first, just because of the nature of how the, the climax was going. Uh, I'm happy with it. I was really happy right at the very end when... Now, obviously, things wrap up. Uh, when it comes together, it comes together in such a meaningful way that honors everything that's come before it. And I think also, um, we'll hear uh, probably next week or whenever our uh, Black Panther episode drops, I will say that I think with the conclusion, well, hell, this entire film, I think they 
looked back at that film and corrected any complaints I or others have had, addressed them, and I think they did it really well. The third act, the way it all comes together, was amazing, in all honesty. Um, of course, it's Marvel. We have the big fight at the end, and goddamn, that was epic. It was fantastic. Uh, I I want to ask you, because I know it was my chief complaint of the original Black Panther, the CGI, the VFX. Did you think they were better? Oh, uh, yes. It's I don't know if that's what you were alluding to when you were saying they went through and looked at their mistakes. No. that was obviously a huge mistake in that first one, the crunch. I get why they had to, but as an issue, they, they listened and went above and beyond. Like, there is... I mean, obviously, you could tell when things are vague. It just that's right. You're, you're never not gonna not notice that. But it doesn't look like fucking PlayStation Two graphics. It's this. It looks like an actual fucking movie now. There was one moment where it felt a little weightless, but past that, I mean, for everything they're creating, all the locations, all of it, fantastic, amazing, amazing. Uh, special effects, CGI, all of it, great. Um, I, I think the wrap-up of that epic battle was perfect. So would you recommend this movie? Uh, are we talking just as a movie or part of the... Uh, I'm fucking with you. Of course I do. I, I thought it was excellent. Uh, really, really big fan of this film. So, yes, I recommend it wholeheartedly. I would absolutely recommend it. It's phenomenal, and it's peak Marvel. It's the best of this year, easily, to me. It tops Thor by far. Oh, are you just talking Marvel? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. It, just Marvel, because Marvel puts out so many projects a year anymore. It's like, that's almost its own subdivision. Like You just said best of the year, and I was like, well, sorry, I don't best know if I agree with best that. Best of the Marvel stuff for this year. Thor, by far, Doctor Strange, it's got Did several Spider Man, up. Spider-Man came out last year. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes, I agree then. I would highly recommend Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I also agree that it's the best Marvel's put out this year. Um, the only thing... That's actually really surprising for me to hear you say, because... You loved Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Even Especially that rewatch, time. yeah. And, and it's not even just that you really enjoyed it. It's You're a big Raimi fan. You love that, like, more the mystical, like, dark. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, that Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness was, like, everything Marvel could give somebody like you. Like, perfect. Like, they were like, here. It, it would have been perfect if one of the Multiverse Stranges was Bruce Campbell. That's a shame that it didn't happen. I can agree there. <laughs> I, that, that should have been a thing, but I still thought his cameo was fun. Yeah, it but was fun, but... For you to say that this was better than that... Yes, it was. I, that, I feel like that speaks leagues about this movie. I can be a fair judge. Just I, because I, I enjoy it, something like, doesn't mean that I, I automatically have to dick ride it nonstop. But it's Bruce Campbell and <laughs> Sam Raimi fucking doing up another Marvel project. I, It's just like... I could see... I don't even want to say bias. I could just see the, the little twinkle in your eye when you're like, ooh, Doctor Strange. Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange. But... It I, is better than the original. Oh, by far. <laughs> Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Phenomenal movie. If you get the chance, absolutely go see it. Yes. So do we want to talk spoilers now? 
Oh, you're saying we should go into the spoiler warning, spoiler warning. Exactly. <laughs> so, T'Challa dies. What? Wait, we're spoiling it that much? Like T'Challa dies? We're talking. Yeah, no. You know, that is honestly a spoiler because he's not dead at the start of the movie. He's actively dying at the start of the movie. And, the, you know, the Marvel logo hadn't even come up yet. And I didn't realize it until it finally did. And I'm going to talk about that scene because that was just such a, like, oh, do we have to do this kind of scene? Like, I was I, it, shocked. It just made me sad. And I, that's the point. You're supposed to be in that moment with those characters to understand their grief. Yes. And I appreciate that they did that. And thank God they didn't do any, like, CGIing his face and putting him there in any way. That would have been awful. But to have this tense moment, this tense scene where Shuri is frantically trying to create a new heart-shaped herb to save T'Challa's life for his vitals to keep dropping and their mother to finally come in and tell him it's over and he's gone. To kick into the the funeral for the kingdom. Do we do the which, funeral or the logo first? Funeral. Funeral, okay. And I really thought the funeral was nice because it wasn't... They're not all in black like like our funerals. It's They're all in white and the people are celebrating. They're not yeah. crying. They're not weeping except for the family and friends. But they're not... They're, they're not crying weeping they're celebrating his life yes and I thought that is perfect it's like a perfect allegory for Chadwick Boseman and a perfect way to start this movie and a franchise he essentially kickstarted with his charisma through that role mm-hmm. and then as the funeral kind of comes to an end it fades into the Marvel logo which is all Chadwick Boseman and there's no music there's no sound there's no nothing it's the moment of silence for him and yeah, I thought that, that was, was beautiful. Brilliant. Perfect. Brilliant. And then it fades into the one year later, and, it, you know, they moved on with their lives. And, kind of. Well, they've kind of I, They on. still have their grief. That, that Like we said in the... I don't think Shuri's really moved on at that point. Well, neither. I would say Queen Ramonda hasn't either. She's, she's borderline insane in this one now. Like... It's understandable, but she is aggressive. She is very short anymore. She doesn't. She doesn't have the forethought for other people or other countries anymore. It's almost like Odin was in Thor: Dark World, where he's very. This means war. We're we're aggressive now. We're shutting I, off from the world. Where it, it's. I very, thought she was very understanding. Actually, I, I mean, another I, nation attacks you, and you just return all the soldiers and be like, "Yeah, don't do that shit again." I thought that was very good of her, and it was more of a show of power than anything. Because, I mean, had she killed them, that would have started more conflict. Right. But bringing them in alive and showing what idiots France is, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. I was enjoying that. Yeah, uh, France out of all nations. Yeah, France. Right. But uh, I, I thought, that if anything, that was a show of power. To see, look, we took your dudes that were trying to kill us without even killing them. Yeah. Don't fuck with us. <laughs> kind of thing and and it's I was surprised talking about the characters now I I was also surprised with Shuri that character's journey because I know in the comics Shuri's character tends to lean more aggressive and and short with other characters and is very confrontational and quick to anger and to see them 
do that with her. Like, actually have her go yeah. through that, through her grief and anger, rather than just she's a, a dick, right? Like, she actually has a reason, and a journey. We, we understand why she feels that way. And at times I felt for it, other times I thought, this is too far. Really? Uh, I mean, obviously, when, when she confronts Umbaku, after she becomes the new Black Panther, mm-hmm. when she confronts him and is ordering him, that's when I thought, this is going too far. This is a clear moment she's going too far. And he's submitting because he knows she'd whoop his ass. But uh, this is to tell the audience that there's a good chance Namor won't make the, make it out of this. Yeah. Like, she is going to kill him if she gets the chance. And from that on to the climax, she is very aggressive, very brutal. I was on board the whole way. I, I agree that with what you're saying. At no point was I just like, oh, I don't know if I can be on board anymore. It's all understandable. Plus, I, I know this is a Marvel film and it's the uh, hero's journey. So clearly, it, it's not going to go that route. But, um, not unless, you know, like hands forced, like Man of Steel, where you got to snap the neck. Mm-hmm. But, um, you mentioned Namor. So, yeah, let's, let's talk about... Namor and his people and their introduction because we alluded to that in the spoiler free section but holy fuck man what an introduction I thought because obviously they have to tell through flashbacks I thought the idea of them being ordinary people at the start they are victims of colonization from the Spaniards right right they Suffer at the hands of Spaniards' disease they brought with them, smallpox and all that. All true. Sorry, I saw this detour and had me fucked up because I had to turn right here. But uh, they suffer at the hands of Spanier- Spaniards and they find. Oh, Namor. No, not Namor. No. One no. of them finds. Uh, the uh, tribal chief. The the plant, which is essentially the, the water version of the heart shaped herb. Yes. And. It's borderline a poison. It mutates them into more water breathers. Because he finds this plant underwater. Yeah. So it transforms them into... Uh, do they people? Do they have gills? Yes. I saw some of them did, but then others didn't. So no, they sure. all had gills. Um, it's just when we're in the present time, they all have their breathers when, most of the time. So, yeah, you can't really see the gills. Okay. But his... That being uh, Namor's origin is his mother was pregnant when she took the the serum or whatever the juice we're gonna call it. Yeah. The the blend. And that. When she took the heart of the ocean. Kinda, yeah. Uh, no, I'm coining it. Heart of the ocean. Okay. <laughs> uh, she created the first mutant. We're going mutants. Yeah. They call and it out. He calls himself mutant. Yeah. Yeah. He is the first mutant of the MCU. So, now I have a question about this. Are we going to say mutants have just been here the whole time then? Because if he's the first mutant, it's not like anything changed. He's been there the whole time. Yeah, uh, they said that was, what, 1500s? I think it was like late 1500s, yeah. Yeah, so he's been around a long time. So mutants aren't like coming in from another universe or going to be some new development. Mutants have been around. Well, he has been around. We don't know if there are more, because... But if he is a mutant, then mutants have been around. 
Well, he's a unique case because his mother had the heart of the ocean while she was pregnant with him, kind of like Blade. And so that is a very unique case. He's, are we saying that his offspring, if he has offspring, we don't know, mm-hmm. is mutants? Because we don't see any of that. We just see his regular people and him. So his I, mutation being he's one of them, but he can breathe. He could be on the surface, which is fine. He can breathe air. Mm-hmm. And he has winged feet. And pointed and, ears. And he's super strong? Because yes. they're not all that strong. He's Supposedly, he's as strong as Thor and the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, depending on water, yes, he is super strong. I, I think that's a unique case. However, I'm wondering if this is their ability to kind of lean more into it with other things that will create further mutants, whether that be um, through technology or what. So I'm curious to see. We're, we're like three years out from mutants, but I, I'm... Well, you, you assume. I assume, yeah. Okay. We don't have any proper X-Men movies coming out yes. for at least three years. Um, the uh, Going back towards the beginning when I was saying it was slow, the first action sequence being... Namor and his people, the Talican people, attack this, uh, the the Americans searching for vibranium and they find it in the ocean, which is the catalyst, this machine that can find vibranium, created by Riri Williams from MIT. They leave it in the ocean, the Talicans find it and, you know, attack the ship using their siren song, which is creepy as all hell. I love that. I love that they tie the sirens in with them. So I, good. I thought it made so much sense, because you always hear about it, it's never just like, oh, the, the settlers here heard of it. It's always like the Caribbean style, like, Latin America area, more Mayan, where these people are from, so... It is close to real-world mythology. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of... I shouldn't say a lot of fun. It was creepy as all hell. The moment just a few heads poke out of the water and all people on the ship just start jumping ship and then getting slaughtered in the ocean. The, the, The two divers that were down there looking at the drill that got all cut up by the vibranium, that scene where one just suddenly goes dark and the other girl's now panicking and freaking out and then she goes dark was, born, I would say borderline horror, like just the, the tense and like, the oh fuck what, what's out here, what's coming and yes, uh, no I love the way they played that and you're absolutely right, that was a legit like, horror sequence I, I amazing introduction of the, uh, I, I think they were called the Talakan people I'll keep saying the Talcon people, yeah. Yeah, and then Namor himself, which we only get a glimpse of. But when we go back to Shuri and her mom, who are attempting, or her mom is attempting to get her to try and move forward, to try and move on past, you know, the passing of her brother. And then this is when Namor introduces himself to them. Crawls out of the ocean at their feet. Yeah. Because they, they're on their little beach having a moment where they're... Where the mother is burning her funeral garbs, which is part of their tradition, their culture. Yeah. That once you are done with your mourning, 
you burn your funeral garbs. I really liked that, by the way. I loved it because they tied it back in at the end where uh, Shuri is finally ready and she burns. When they t- bring T'Challa back? Yeah, kinda. When well, she burns. Spoiler. The very end of the movie, it ends with Shuri on a beach in Haiti. Uh, she just got. She just met up with Nakia. Has a fire ready, and Nakia has it ready for her. So she starts burning T'Challa, uh, the funeral garbage from T'Challa's funeral. And the credits start. as well. Is it both? I thought I only saw one. And they do this little montage of scenes that had both Letitia Wright, Ashuri, and Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa together. And then they go to, you know, the first set of credits, which is the names of all the, I guess, bigger people involved. The producers, the writers, the the actors obviously and it's set all over the funeral garbs themselves being burned, burned. Yeah. and it's like this beautiful moment and there's just this subtle music to it it's not again played very somber it's very much a goodbye kind of moment yeah which then leads to you know Nakia coming up with the, the, the incredible scene Nakia coming up with this like six seven year old kid and it's her and T'Challa's son that they had hidden away and it's his, I forget his Haitian name, but they call him, but his true name is Prince T'Challa. He's named after his father, and it's like this touching moment. <laughs> but oh. back to Namor. Yeah, I, you talked about the, the funeral scene. I, I wanted to hit that because <laughs> I thought that was really nice, the burning. Yeah. Right, right. But uh, I like how Namor comes straight forward, and he's trying to be diplomatic kind of? I mean... So in the comics, I've always known Namor as he's a hero, but he's a fucking asshole. Because (laughs) he's always like, no, I'm right, we're doing it my way. And there's no breaking that. He's so stubborn and arrogant. And he's... His goal is greater good, usually doing it the wrong way, and he's arrogant as fuck about it. And I thought... They nailed that, but brought a layer to it that he's not just an arrogant asshole. Like, he starts being diplomatic, but you know he's going to kill... He comes up and says, bring me a scientist that found this machine, and I'll kill him. And and we'll be all good. And it's like, okay, you're still planning a murder. (laughs) Like, this is still bad. And there's a lot to be gained from keeping Riri alive. Um... He gets to a point where he's almost charismatic, charming, convincing to Shuri after he captures her. Dude, I was getting romantic vibes. That's what I thought they were kind of doing. I was kind of hoping. I was glad they weren't going for it, but... um, Uh, I wouldn't write that off yet. We'll see. But, uh, I... I was getting worried that, like, oh, he's actually going to be, like, a cool dude and something. There's going to be some misunderstanding. But for him to then suddenly... I don't even want to say shift gears, but for him to open up and say the true plan is he wants Wakanda to team up with Talokan and destroy the rest of the world and run it themselves. Yeah. I, that's when it was a hard flip again. You're like, oh, no, you're back, guy. But to me, it was almost like Killmonger. Like, this felt like a mere storyline of the original, but also... I thought this was really interesting that they mirrored uh, the Talakan with the um, Wakandans. I thought how the two were so similar but opposite and everything. Right. I thought that was 
really good. Well, they mirrored it pretty heavily, like the the herb between them. Yeah. Uh, fucking, they both have vibranium. Yeah. Because there was a second meteor that hit the Earth in the ocean. Uh, the I mean the champions uh, hiding, even. yeah, hiding from the real world out there. Yeah. They're trying to stay in their bubble. Um, yeah, I mean, they have him as, um, fuck, I forget the the god's name. The, I can never pronounce Kensu it. Waddle? It's like Cuckoo Khan. No, like sorry, that. I said the Mexican one, Cuckoo I believe. Khan. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm fucking all yeah, up. Cuckoo Khan? The flying serpent god. Yeah. Um, is basically what his people call him. And he's been alive for a very long time. He is basically a god to them. He is their champion. Whereas the Wakandans have the Black Panther. And it's just like, I thought all of this juxtaposition was genius. And the fact that, um, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. When he takes Shuri and, uh, what's the scientist's name again? Riri Williams. Riri. When he takes her, the both of them, down to, uh, fuck, I just... Talacon. Talacon, thank you. Um, and we get to explore that world. We get to kind of meet with him and understand him. I think they did an excellent job. Um, and this is where I was saying in the spoiler-free section, they, they improved everything. He is a lot like Killmonger, but this dude, at no point was I just kind of like, he's not that bad. He, he's very charming. He's very likable. Fuck, I was on his side a lot of it. Honestly, he's probably my favorite character. But, this dude is threatening as fuck. He has this aura constantly where he almost feels bipolar at times. But I know underneath, he's always this, my people first, I'm doing this. And he, he presents it as that is his personality. And then how you act upon that is what changes his behavior about it. Right. Where if you're receiving to it, he's happy. He's enjoying. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. Yeah, we're going to burn the world. Uh And if you're like, this is fucked up. What the fuck are you talking about? Then he's like, I'll kill everything you love. Don't fuck with me. (laughs) It it almost feels like he's flipping on a dime, but that really is... His personality is his goal to protect his people, which he mentions at one point. He... He blames T'Challa for the the world trying to find Vibranium now, and they're getting close to discovering Telecon and everything because of it. Right, because he opened up to the world, which now has the world wanting Vibranium, and they're searching it out, which leads them closer and closer to Telecon. And yeah, he's rightfully pissed because they have lived peaceful lives, secluded lives, over for 500, 500 years, years over basically. 500. No, I guess not over. Yeah, it's close, but real close to 500 years. So, yeah, rightfully, I mean, he is not just the king. He is viewed upon as the god. He really is their god because yeah. they come and go, but he his aging is slow. Like, he went from baby in the 1500s to, like, maybe 30 in, in this. Yeah, I put him, yeah, right around 30. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it's understandable. Like, at no point am I not with him, but his methods, I mean, the fact that he kills the queen, doesn't bat an eye, says you have a week 
grieve, and then we will be back. And it's just like, fuck, dude. Mm -hmm. You aren't playing. So, you mentioned Killmonger, and I had mentioned that Shuri's character at times is aggressive and short. Uh, Shuri takes the heart-shaped, or her new version of heart-shaped herb she makes using what she had to child's DNA and the a bracelet she got from Namor that came from the original plant of their the heart right. of the ocean and creates this new synthetic one I'm glad it's catching on I'll use it yeah it's, it's easy to remember and use uh, <laughs> but and she makes this new synthetic heart shaped herb which has way more superpower to it obviously T'Challa never punched that fucking hard but uh, and or lived through as many hard hits that she does but when she goes to the ancestral plane she wakes up underwater has to swim up and this is where her mother drowned and it really leads in and you I don't remember you you, know, you were worried they were going to see giant T'Challa yeah I said no it's going to be the mom Angela Bass's character Queen Ramonda and you're like oh yeah for us to find out it's Killmonger yeah. And I thought, and I remember hearing rumors that Michael B. Jordan would be back in this movie. And the way the movie was going, I thought, okay, they're not going for that. Fine, whatever. And totally dropped it from my mind. For Killmonger to be there suddenly in his white outfit and the ancestral plane on the throne, I was like, oh, fuck. And I thought, okay, what's the relation here? And that's really where her turn starts, is where she yes. doesn't want to accept that she is seeing Killmonger there. And that's more due to her feeling, her hatred, her anger for no more just murdering her mom. And and the same way Killmonger had that hatred and anger and wanted to lead Wakanda with it. Yeah. And their little back and forth was fucking phenomenal. Yes. The, almost the philosophy of what Killmonger was trying to accomplish, what he did accomplish. Shuri blaming him for everything that happened, even though he's he, you know he's been fucking dead. Right. And all of that. And really, he didn't get anything done when he was alive. He tried to, and almost did, but he didn't really get anything done. He was kind of the stepping stone, the, right. the kickoff point, but yeah. But for him to open her eyes to the reality of her situation was a little too much for her, and she becomes this more angry, short, like, aggressive Black Panther is this character. And when he calls her out saying you're not like your brother his nobleness got him killed I was like oh that kind of hurts to hear Yeah. but it's not entirely wrong like it opened up the world and it's creating all these issues and being noble and had he been around still it could have worked out better but he's not around anymore and now you have these characters that don't have the same values T'Challa did until we get closer to the end and you talked we talked about how it wraps up and it wraps up with Namor and Shuri fighting on a beach while there's a total war going on in the ocean between the Atlantean, the, not the Atlanteans, sorry. The Tal- the, in the comics, they're Atlanteans. That's hey, why hey, I'm no, 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 no. Do not talk trash. This was way better than Aquaman. Oh, by far. But in the comics, <laughs> it's not Talacan, it's Atlantis, and they're Atlanteans. So I, I'm struggling to remember the Tal- Talacan people. Talacan. But the Wakandans versus the Talacan people have this amazing battle in the ocean that you mentioned how incredible it's it's 
just nonstop Shuri's out there slaughtering Talakan people. Yeah. Like, there's no fucking tomorrow. She is having a blast <laughs> killing all these people. They, they're on the beach now fighting. She has the opportunity to murder him. And she has these brief glimpses of her mother. Her mother telling her to do what's right. And you almost think, because her mother's anger throughout the movie, that she's going to kill him. Until she half quotes T'Challa from Civil War. Because we mentioned this in our, what will be a post-show instead of a pre-show, yes. uh, about Black Panther. He had that sit down with Zemo and listen to him. We didn't mention his quote, which I love, is, Vengeance has consumed them. I'm done letting it consume me. Yes. That she, was a great quote, by the way. She uses that as, like, an olive branch to him, saying, Vengeance has consumed them, speaking of, like, their parents and their past. And she throws her spear away and says, If you, you yield, we don't have to let vengeance consume us. No, she does not throw that away until he yields. So she... Yeah, Once he yields, right, yeah. she throws that down. But she was ready to kill him. And she yes. tortures him, too, because his power draws from water as well as air. It's like, if he can breathe both, then he's, like, super breathing, I guess. This is this his power. Right. He draws his power from the water. So her goal was to dry him out. Mm-hmm. And she lights him on fucking fire. I, I skipped over the fact that her Black Panther costume is Killmonger's. She took Killmonger's helmet and... I mean, there's a little bit of a redesign, but it's Killmonger's costume. Well, took, it's the black and gold. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's Killmonger's. So. Yeah. Like, it was his helmet that she's like, alright, and fucking, I'm gonna work with that. Um, uh, but I, I... No, you go, and then we'll, we'll go back. I just wanted to mention, I loved their little fight on the beach. She claws one of his foot wings off and grabs it. I, I was blown away that's by that. So it's fucking brutal, really. And he's like in in fear in that moment, like, oh fuck, I'm I'm vulnerable. <laughs> but I thought it was so funny that the cat clawed the bird's wings. Like <laughs> well, clipped them. You're talking about that. I and we briefly talked about the sexual tension. I definitely got a sexual vibe when they're fighting, and she's clawing his back, holding him to her, yeah. and then sets off the the, the uh, built-up kinetic energy. I had to think of mm-hmm. the terms. Well, but, that's what every time he punches, and he has punches that would uh, they crack ground, they break rocks. Like he is as strong as Thor the Hulk. Uh, every time he punches her, I kept seeing all that kinetic energy moving, and I kept thinking, like, why is she not using this? Until she fucking uses it and, like, basically explodes a small section of the beach. (laughs) But you were talking about the visions of her mother, and I thought it was very smart that Namor runs her through with his spear. Like, I was blown away by that. (laughs) And then she has visions of her mother because of this trauma, because of how fucked up she is she's able to see the ancestral plane and I was just like that's that's, that's fucking brilliant like she's borderline dead at the yeah, she's, like she's, yeah she's so fucked up that she's on that brink and her mom's able to tell her show him who you are so Namor spears her to that rock with his spear he's crawling away because he's mortally wounded too yeah he needs water and, and she is stuck there with the spear and I couldn't help but think in the whole time like She's in Killmonger's costume. He, she saw him in her ancestral plane. Are we going to do something? And they do do something similar of 
pulling the spear out. Like, even Killmonger fucking pulling his own spear mm-hmm. out, accepting his fate. And I, in that moment, I believe she was ready to accept her fate and die. Like, oh, she, as I'm, long as he died, I yeah, She I was agree. ready to go. Until she saw her mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that moment she thought, I can be like T'Challa. Because there is... She doesn't see Killmonger again, but she does hear the... the you are not T'Challa. Yeah. And she even mumbles to herself, I am not my brother. But then she tries to make him yield. Um, but he does. And uh, you, you're, you're thinking, okay, and I, in my head, this is a Marvel film, Disney property. How are we going to wrap this around so he's a good guy? What are we going to do? And then we go back to Talakan and one of his generals is upset with him, and he lays it out that is like, no, they're going to turn to us as their only friend and ally, and we're going to burn it all down. And it's just like, holy shit, all right, you're it's, not redeemed at all. No, it's very sinister. <laughs> it's just, he's very aware that he could play the waiting game and take out the whole world at one, at one swoop when the opportunity comes. Yeah. He can manipulate her in the future. I loved that, that there was no redemption there. That he's just like, no, this is going to work out for us. For now there's peace, but there won't always be. Yeah. Uh, we skipped over a few things. Like, we, we did. Uh, um, real quick, I want to go back, because when we're really introduced and get to explore Talakan, mm-hmm. and you talked earlier about how in the comics, they're Atlantean. This is Atlantis. I love that they grounded this with the Mayans. Yeah. Love that. Making I love, more mythology, yeah, yeah, which is so much better. I love that they speak a, a Mayan dialect, um, which is true. Mm-hmm. The lead actor learned it. Um, Tanaku, where's I think is how you say it? I, I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering that. I'm not even going to attempt it. I thought he did a phenomenal job as Namor. Amazing. Like, Amazing. Never once did I think this is an actor. I thought this is a character. Yeah. Um... I, I love that the the culture is kept alive because they're playing the Mayan games and underwater and telecon. When I laughed when they were hitting the, the ball around is because that was a Mayan game. Mm. Um, and just all these little things that they tie in. I, as a history nerd, loved it. And the fact that they tied it all into the Mayans, which I'm sorry if my memory is slipping. It's been a long time since I was in college and actually studied history. But I want to say it was the Mayans. It could have been the Aztec. I, I mix them up. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they completely disappeared. Like, there's no official record or knowledge as to what happened. They just abandoned their cities mm-hmm. and were gone. Which is essentially what these people do. They all just suddenly crawl into the ocean. And, and it's as yes, if that whole civilization so ceased good. to exist. So fucking good. Well, that used to be some of the, like, myths of Atlantis was a city that once was full of people sunk to the bottom of the ocean. That's yes. why all the people are missing. Yeah. But I, I loved that. And, like, we see Namor's backstory. Um... And we see his mom giving birth to him in the ocean. And, you know, I'm watching this and I'm just like, oh man, they couldn't even fucking color him blue. I'm nitpicking and then I realize they're showing us 
It's only out of the water that they're blue. Right, because they can't breathe oxygen, so yes. their skin's not oxidizing properly. Uh, well, everything. The, everything that I saw, th- there's one fucking thing that I could say that is a nitpick. That is, they call out in the original Black Panther that Wakanda is a landlocked nation cut off by mountains and rainforest. There is a river shown, but the fact that this river connects to the oceans, like, I think, but it's the Americans and the UN that think that. They're the ones that say that. Yeah. Wakanda never says that. And we've seen that their camouflage cloaks entire, like, there's mountains, but the mountains are really just the camouflage. It's really just open sky there that you could fly through, and that the characters do fly through later movies. You're right. You're right. Um, I just kind of wish that would have been addressed, like, a simple line. But you're right. That's just me being nitpicky because... I'm watching it, and I'm just like, well, how the hell are these two going to fight? Because this is a landlocked nation. But it's just me being over, overly critical. I wanted to point out, we're skipping over, we, we talked about Everett Ross earlier. I wanted to point out that his character has a new development where he never leaves the States. His whole arc is just in, in the U.S., you know, in, like, Boston at the crime scene and that, and like Virginia close to home uh, he is intru- I don't want to say introduced but his his new boss is a character we've seen before only cameos I would say she's not a, a cameo in this. she's definitely no. a character yeah it's Val and I forget the last name she's this she's the person that assembles the Thunderbolts typically yeah. she's working on assembling Thunderbolts she showed up at the end of Black Widow to kind of recruit Yelena uh-huh. She showed up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier to recruit U.S. Agent. I don't know if you ever watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. She had a cameo in that, too, where she just came up to him. He's this disgraced Captain America knockoff. Yeah, she's, she's the evil Nick Fury. Right. She's not even evil because she... I Nefarious. Mean, yeah, and she's greater good at any cost. She's like the Amanda Waller of Marvel. Oh, that's a good... Yeah, I like that. Amanda Waller is easily the best character in the the DC stuff. She is so fucking scary and intimidating because she has no boundaries. But this... She is introduced... This this Val is introduced as Everett Ross's ex-wife, which I thought was kind of fun. Yeah, I I like that connection. But uh, you really see how kind of cunning she is. Like... You know, I, I never thought he was going to get away with his little no. espionage stuff he was doing with the Wakandans. But to know that she was on to him from the very start, like, she knew the whole fucking time. She's not an idiot. She was playing him like an idiot. Well, she great. plays it kind of dumb. And I'm watching it, and there's just, like, there's no way they're writing this character that fucking stupid. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's obvious that she's going to catch him. Yes. I just like that... She got she got to the crime scene before him, saw the beads and thought, "I'll see if he's a shithead," and fucking bugged him. Like, right. Let me see if my ex husband's a piece of shit. <laughs> Some treasonous fuck. No, that that was really good character development, and I like how he is still on their side, which leads us to the scientist, which is Riri Williams Ironheart. Right. Uh, young black woman, MIT, she's not even a graduate in this, she's actively no. attending. Yes. 
uh, you know, gets her homemade armor at the start, and then as the movie goes on, she gets to Wakanda and gets her full Ironheart costume. She fucking kicks ass in the battle at the end of the film. I couldn't help but... I Obviously, you look at Ironheart and think, like, oh, it's, it's Iron Man, but black girl. <laughs> but I love when... Right before the car chase scene, they're in her workshop. The cops bust in. And uh, what, what does the one guy, the one cop say? Like, oh, my God, is that an Iron Man? No, I... I I could be wrong, but I thought they dropped a shit where he said, Oh shit, she's got an Iron Man suit! Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a little giggle at that. Because oh yeah, at no, this that's point, great. I, I will say it's another complaint I had, is Shuri made suit, two suits. Not Iron Man type suits, but suits. For Okoye, and I, I can't remember the new, character, the new yeah. character's name. Yeah. Ayo's wife. Uh, Ao is the general, the new general, because Akoya loses her title. Oh, yep, 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 yep. But Ao's been there since Civil War. She's in each of these, every single one. She's always there as one of the heads of the Dora Milaje. That's why I've come to know that name. Because <laughs> I'm like, all right, she's she's the because uh, you know Denai Guerrero's Akoya wasn't in Civil War. Ao was. She's the one that was walking with T'Challa and and you know Black Widow okay, comes yep. up. She's like, move or you will be moved. That's, yes, uh, that's Ao. So she's been there from the start. You find out this new character is her wife. Um, the Those two, Ayo's wife and Okoye, get Shuri's bird suits. I don't. I forget what they're even called. Dude. Angel of the Night or something so, like that. Yeah, and Dark Black Angel or I, I don't know something vaguely racist. But they they go through and even have a heads up display like Iron Man and all of them. And I thought, like, are we really just going to be in a world of Iron Mans now? Kind of. Like, I, I did appreciate that the Iron Heart suit was different enough. It wasn't, like, it was more a copy and paste. It was more plain jet thing than yeah. the Iron Man suit. It was more... Much bigger, bulkier. Yeah, like, here's my propulsion, here's my weapons. Like, it's it almost reminds me of, like, the War Machine type stuff. Not even War Machine. Almost like, um... Uh... Oh, God. What was that? Iron... Iron... Monger? Whatever. Oh, uh, Jeff Bridges' character? Yeah. Yeah, Iron Monger. Uh, more in line with that, almost. I mean, a much more advanced version, but that's more what it reminded me of. Fair. Um... We and, didn't talk about... Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. We, we're not jumping over this. That's it. And... In that scene, in the garage, we're introduced to her car which I call bullshit <laughs> and made me want to slap a fucking character when they called it a hunk of junk because, A, she's scamming uh, students for homework. That car setting there is easily over $100,000. Yeah, but it was her dad's. She already had it. $100,000 car. All right, you're not scamming fucking people. I mean, That I car know. means a lot to her. She ain't selling it. Uh, sure, okay. MIT's expensive. <laughs> a 1970 CUDA Pro Street because they they first show it and it's got AAR striping and then we see it and it's got the billboards for 440 and it's just like, oh, okay, so it's Pro Street. They pop the hood and it, it's clearly Pro... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm a car nerd too, but beautiful car. Absolutely lovely. We, I, would, I would give both my testicles for it, but... <laughs> Uh, 
Okay, now I'm going to skip over. <laughs> um, we we missed the attack on Tyler or on uh, Wakanda. Their initial attack, right. where they flood Wakanda, set off explosives, and they're all water-based explosives, and it does damage. People die, but there's a point where Wakanda gets its ships finally up in the air and going, and they let off real explosives. And watching the the Talakan people just, just go flying for <laughs> real explosives was fucking hysterical. But they also oppose that because Namor shows up, he takes out those ships, but also. We have, um, oh God, uh, the dude I really like. What is his name? What's the Duke's character? Umbaku? Yeah, Umbaku. Uh, tries to attack him and just gets his ass handed to him with one, one punch. hit. Amazing. Like, and what, Namor twists and snaps his staff as it comes down? Well, no, him. he just throws his arm up and it yeah. shatters. And then twists and just... Yeah, he's, it's not even a punch. It's a fucking jab. Yeah, he spins around and hits him in the chest. It shatters his boom, armor. And sends him flying across the river. Yeah. Yeah, and then he goes and kills the queen. And it's just like, god damn. He drowns her. Yeah. Well, it's hard to say he killed her because she could have survived, but she saves Riri's life instead. I, I don't think he would have let her walk away. Probably I really not. don't. Maybe not. He was on a vengeance mission. Yeah. He was standing there waiting. True. Even if she would have let Riri drown and came out, he would have killed her. He flat out said that earlier in the film. If any of your people are in the ocean or come to Talakan, I will kill you. And he does. He's intimidating as fuck in that scene, too. Yes. Because he gets in her face. Like, he could, like, sniff her. Yeah. Just like quick. And, and like. He could pull a Joe Biden right then. Yeah. He's got a big old <laughs> whiff of her. Just uncomfortably close. Yeah. Super intimidating. And you know he means business. And he follows through. He flat out kills her. Oh, God. But that final battle, when they draw him and the Talakan people out, was incredible. The, the general you mentioned earlier that was mad that they retreated and stopped fighting with the Talakan general. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is working on the underside of the Wakandan ship to break their sonic sound system that's so quit fucking them up. And then they come and attack with whales. So there's a scene <laughs> where there's a bunch of characters, a bunch of blue people attached to whales underwater. And you, who hates Avatar and is not excited for this new one at all, out loud, not even like a whisper to me. Out loud, theater said, "Fuck James Cameron. He that can is, suck a dick." Yeah, I did say James Cameron can suck a dick. Yeah, at that moment, it was just like, "All right, I already got what I needed out of Avatar already in this movie." I, I did not say fuck him. I just said he could suck a dick because that was already done better. Do you just think James it. Cameron will see this and go, "All oh, those motherfuckers stole my movie"? <laughs> I mean, his movie's already stolen, let's face facts. Oh, I mean, Dance of Wolves wasn't original either. I mean, no. that story is as like, old as time. No, but I, you, you cannot say, do you think he was pissed off that someone stole... No, that's what his films are. That's fair. I guarantee Avatar 2, we're going to be, if I even decide, because I'm really on the fence on that one. If we review that, I guarantee half of it's going to be like, yeah, but they kind of did it better when it was this movie. 
and only two hours long or an hour and a half instead of fucking three hours you, plus. You only found out today when I was trying to convince you in the theater when we saw the trailer that we should do Avatar for the show because it's going to be a big movie whether you like it or not. It's yeah. going to be a big thing. It's either going to be a huge flop or a huge success whether it's critically or, or critically acclaimed or not. And I told you, yeah, this one's... Because you mentioned the other one being three hours because like, we'd have to rewatch it for a pre-show. And, and I was like, well, in my head I'm thinking, well, that one's two hours fifty, but the new one's three hours ten, so, yeah, it comes out to an even six hours, so I told you, it was, you know, the, the runtime of this one's over three hours, it's three hours ten minutes, just for you to go, ah, oh, fuck! <laughs> yeah, needless to say, not excited. However, still super excited about this one, um... Is there anything more that we really need to, to touch upon on this? I think we've, for the most part, touched on the movie. Touched it all over. Well, we touched it good. Cons- consensually. <laughs> I paid the ticket. I could touch it where I want. All right, so what was kind of your uh, favorite moments? I, I want to I touch upon this real, for, real my quick. Fa- my absolute favorite moment was Shuri's astral plane Killmonger scene. Okay. That back and forth between them blew me away. I thought it was fantastic. Michael B. Jordan fucking delivers in again. like the three minutes he's there. Like yeah. He doesn't have a lot of time, but he kills it again. I will take him in anything. You bring him in as the Human Torch again and just say, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, we, we never did this. Yeah. I'd be all for it. Sure, whatever. Get more Michael B. Jordan in there. Uh, for me, it was when Namor took Sherry on a tour of Talakan. And just getting to experience that. Um, and I have to say, Namor is my favorite character in this. He's, he's not a good guy, but what a fucking character, man. It's, it's really interesting to me because we had this this divisiveness between us where we were talking about Killmonger being too interesting. I love that about him, thinking like that made him more endearing and I applaud his cause where you were more... But you, you shouldn't feel that way about the villain. Whereas this movie, you absolutely feel that way about the villain, but it's... You, you'd love it. Like, you'd think it's a good thing. It's... it's Dear. Yeah. There's one difference between one and one difference between the other being the people. Uh, Killmonger's a little more selfish with his, where uh, Namor is doing it for his people. Yeah, I... Um I think it's just a. I think Killmonger is supposed to be presented as a straight up villain, but I think we're given too much time to kind of invest with him to really have that. Where Namor is still kind of a slight mystery, and he's super intimidating. Like, there's no point where I'm just like, this guy's not really that bad. No, he he is, but. His character is so fucking cool. His world is so fucking interesting. Like, I, I half wonder if Jason Momoa watches this and is just like, you know what, fuck this. You know that Lobo thing you were talking about? Let's just do that. Like, so just that, put me in that. That's a rumor going around right now. He might just he might double up and be Lobo too. I think he should be, and I think they should, should just fantastic. scrap, just scrap Aqua, man. Just scrap it all because. You're not going to compete. We've already seen what you got, and it's shit in the other year. Uh, compared to this, I mean, come on. I thought I saw another one, sorry. It's just, it's just yeah, no, there's no comparison. And uh, 
yeah, let's 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 uh let's get to the rating. Um, four point five. Four and a half for you. Yeah, I'd give it the same as the original. It's they hit similar beats, but they feel like different movies. Oh like, yes, I, I don't agree. want to compare them because they're so different. Uh, I think you're gonna be a little surprised. I'm giving it the full five. Really? I am. There's no improvement to you in your mind. You're like, this is it. This is perfect. I, I can't think of it. Like I said, the only thing that still kind of bothers me, the landlock thing. But you, you already were just like, ah, but we blah blah blah. Is I can't. There's nothing I would change. It's nothing. I, I, I struggled with it because I love it. It's phenomenal. I want to give it a five, but it's missing Chadwick Boseman's charisma. Not that they could do anything about that. He, he passed away, sadly. But you could feel where, had he been here for the story, it would have been a slightly different story, but his charisma would have carried it in a different direction. Oh, absolutely. But it almost... I don't want to say it works better, because we'll never get to know. But the, the Shuri character dynamic of... She is this tortured soul, essentially, through her grieving process. She's struggling to finish mourning, to figure out how to get over the grief of her loss of her brother, and lets it lead to anger, hate, relating to Namor, but also not relating to him to a point they have to fight nearly to the death, and and accepting Riri as one of their own, and... and The Lost Tribe, I really liked that. It's just, everything... It was definitely more character-driven rather than, than charisma-driven. Okay, yes. Because I would say, honestly, the back and forth between T'Challa and Killmonger is almost all charisma. It's all... They all make great points. It's all mm-hmm. so good. Whereas uh, this one is a lot more back and forth with character emotion. Yeah, um, and I, I think... You can see the film that it would have been had he been here. And I think... I, I I honestly don't know. It would have been really interesting to see him opposed to Namor. Because as I already said with... Well, I haven't yet, but... With our post-show, I kind of think that Killmonger outshined him. And I really think that Namor would have too. But, I think that would have been fine. Like I mentioned the post-show yeah. too. That... We've already had our introduction to T'Challa's Civil War. Yeah. That we don't need to focus on him. He's more of our conduit to these characters. Yes. And I think he elevates Killmonger, and he would have elevated him more. I, uh, man, it's such a good movie, though. Like, there's literally nothing I could change. The only Marvel film uh, recently that I think's better is still Spider-Man. That's fair. But, so um, a 4.75 between us. That is a 95? 15. Yeah, 95. 95 out of 100 is what we would give the scent as the podcast. So, is this our highest rated? Oh, by far. Absolutely. I don't think we've rated anything so high. I don't think I've, I've, I've given one other five. That's right. I think that this was really refreshing because I feel like... Did this bring you back? As I know you said before, you had some fatigue. I definitely had fatigue from Doctor Strange being like okay to me, and then Thor being less than ideal. This nice is definitely like oh okay we can still do because 
like oh, I said, the beginning was a slow burn. It's a slow burn because they're doing their setup between the lost chapter of Bozeman and the morning and the political spectrum of the world now. Yes. And it, you have to set up the world status because a lot of it is the the Americans think the Wakandans are getting ready for war and ready to take over the world for some reason because of all these attacks from the Talakan people. And right. There's just confusion. So the first half of the movie is a lot of political tension. And that, that's slow, but that always pays off mm-hmm. in a movie. Like, if you go watch a political drama, it's typically a really slow start, but it comes to a, a spearhead at the end that just destroys everything. It's fantastic. So, 95, that's... I don't know when I say it's refreshing. I don't even mean just the Marvel. I mean, like, for our show here, because what were our last films? I, I wasn't part of Terrifier 2, but even that, you guys gave, like, a 3.5 and a 3. Like, nothing incredible, but nothing bad either. Yeah. Uh, Halloween Ends was such dog shit. Yes. What did we even watch before that? Terrifier before 2. Before Terrifier 2, oh, I mean. Uh, I don't remember. Me neither. Bullet Train? No. No, that was our first one. Yeah, that was I know. forever ago. I, I, I don't remember. But, uh, yeah. Not it, Prey. It's... Prey we did after Bullet Train. Werewolf? Uh, we did that too, yeah. And that one, we rated decently. That came to like a B-ish, B-minus. It was, the problem with that one was Marvel didn't have confidence enough to give it a full feature length runtime. And our, our complaint about Black Panther was that they it felt like the studio was like, hey, throw in a joke here, yeah. throw in a joke there. Didn't feel that at all with this no, one. No, no. This one was a lot more Kevin Feige saying, hey, Ryan Coogler, writer-director, you made a billion dollars with Black Panther and it was an amazing story tell your story go for it like he was very it felt hands off like yeah maybe it, set up a re-re for an iron heart series or whatever and just make sure no more's not dead at the end but go for it yeah and like i said this one to me corrected every issue i had with the original <laughs> whether it was being formulaic bad fight choreography anything like that everything was corrected absolutely gorgeous film Amazing story, great action, great antagonist. It's it's amazing. You absolutely need to see this. Two hours and 40 minutes well spent. Absolutely. I, I had a hard time believing it was that long. I would have guessed two hours. Yeah, that's fair. Because, I, I, like I said, the first part is slow, but once it gets going, it doesn't stop. It no. just keeps going and going and going. And it's just like a nonstop thrill ride from there. So... 95 out of 100, we gave it certified A. Uh, we'll be back maybe in a week or two with Glass Onion, but we'll be back next month with Avatar The Way of Water. Me, John, and Kylie, we're all tackling it. Maybe. Yeah, we're tackling it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. See, now you have to because I said it. You've arrived at your destination.